0: Was kind of curious because usually it's Scott that's the adventurous, nosy guy, and here T-Bob is now the curious one. (laughs) Matt does a power slide in Thunderhawk and ditches the freaking duo again. And of all, I mean, he ditches them everywhere, but he ditches them out in the desert.
1: on the air trick, it kind of made me wish we had received some kind of orientation with the ability of the masks, you know.
2: <laughs> you
3: mask Cast. Yes. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission.
4: Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle code name 6000. 80s Guru Skills Critical. Wyatt Bloom, Broadcast Technician, DJ, Critic, Masked Movie Co Writer, Vehicle Codename Phoenix, 80s Analysis
3: Vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike
1: Command. Hello, Agents, and welcome to Cast 57 and our Season 5 stretch to review the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series. In this podcast, we will review episode 42, Artemis Enigma, which will include our usual play-by-play commentary mixed in with audio clips from the actual episode. We'll stop at the dramatic halfway point and at the conclusion of the episode to give our thoughts and ratings using our 1-5 to scale system. After we give our takes, we will read back listener reviews and comments as well as the results of our poll via our website, agentsofmask.com. We invite you to join in the fun by participating in the MassCast assignment, which you can find in the right-hand column of the website and typically in our monthly newsletter. Both of those will lead you to our review article, which will contain the poll and the comment section to leave your reviews. Plus, if you want to watch us record, like several people are now, We post a link to our Google Hangout, usually a few hours in advance of recording uh, over on the Facebook page, so if you want to join us, you can submit your questions using our Q&A button there in the Hangout, and you can just simply leave a comment on the event page and we'll get to it during the recording of the show. Artemis Enigma was originally broadcast on November 26, 1985 in the United States and features Venom. Stealing sacred antlers from a Greek monastery that are rumored to detect gold. It's up to Mass to stop venom and return the artifact back to the rightful owners. I am Jason, one of your hosts of cast With me, as always, is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the Arnold to my Willis. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. Have we used
2: this one before?
0: What? <laughs> I think we actually have. I think you finally found one.
1: I'm I'm getting I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I did use uh Arnold and Willis before. Yeah,
0: because I I still remember doing the what you told about, Willis.
1: <laughs> well, shucks, let me think of another one here while we talk about uh you remember the episode where they uh the crossover with Knight Rider?
0: Oh, I still, I mean, I still don't know the lines, you know, verbatim. But I still remember, like Kit pulling on the lot and turning right. Uh, I remember them jumping out, and there's, you know, you can actually hear how William Daniel, his, is like his raw voice, not Kit, not the synthesized or no, nothing. It's just like straight. William was sitting right in the passenger side, holding a microphone type thing, but they still kind of had the function of Kit. I think he said he scanned something and I, I I don't know the whole verbatim of it and I it's been so long
1: they had a lot of like crazy crossover uh, with the sitcoms with uh, oh yeah a lot of the uh, <laughs> a lot of the shows in the 80s I mean some of them were more or less the you know spin-offs a lot of shows like you know the Jefferson spun-off of on the family and you know there were several spin-offs but I don't know. There were some weird ones like that where I don't know, it didn't exactly match up.
0: <laughs> no, but uh, I think it was more of a publicity stunt, you know, to to kind of cross
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: crossover like like anything else, you know, it's all advertising and it's rudimentary. Yeah. uh, uh case and it was it, I think it was kind of cool in one respect because you got this it was a comedy, it was a family show. And you get to have the actor kid, who is probably just a kid at heart anyway. And he, you know, even though they know Hollywood, it was like, I can only, I can only imagine what the kids were like going, dude, dude, we get to meet Kit. I yeah. know he's not. I know he's yeah. just a car, but this is really cool. I can, I can only just imagine. That's what, and, and I can only imagine that they did like off takes, like, what are you talk about, Kit, <laughs> and, and stuff like that.
1: Um, it's different when you. See Kit in real life. I know. I just <laughs> uh, you can't. You, you, it's something you just can't.
0: You're a kid. You you automatically become right. a kid. You're like oh, even though you could sit there and go, oh, I know it's just lights. I know it's just nothing. You know, it's just nothing more than a fancy dash. But it's still like, hey, hey, yeah. can I push turbo boost, please? <laughs> uh, I still remember when I was a kid. uh We've kind of steered off on Kit, I guess. Um, meeting the Knight Rider car for the very first time is at the Indiana mall. If you remember that Jason, Indiana, Pennsylvania, not mm-hmm. to be confused with anybody in the state of Indiana. Um, they were doing a publicity stunt for universal uh, at the time. I didn't realize it. In fact, they had the Team van, but, oh, nice. um, but it was, it's one of those where, okay, they had, had the Team van and kit, which one is cooler kit. Of course. You know, so I'm like breezed right by the van. <laughs> hey, cool. See it. And that was about all I got you sit in the car, and I still vividly remember that there was that you had that snow on the on the t v going mm-hmm. uh They had the turbo boost rubbed out the lettering was rubbed out, so someone was pushing that button off them
1: <laughs> uh, and was the, it an actual car from the show, or was it just somebody 's like i
0: replica? wonder if, I, you know as early as it was, I wonder if it wasn 't one of these one of the touring publicity stunt cars
1: uh-huh.
0: and that's my guess because they also had the 18 van there so that's my guess i have no idea if it was real or not i don't know if it was a replica Someone was trying to make a couple bucks uh i was i had to have been eight or nine at the time uh but i remember the voice recording and i remember the light going it was the square light for kit and it had already had passed that season to, to where it was the lot the the three bar graph yeah, yeah. And uh, the light kept going even though the voice stopped. So that's when I, that's when I like, even as a kid, I'm like, okay, that's not right. All right, that's not the real kid. And I still remember to this day looking in the hood uh, at the sensor light on front, and it looked like a row of 60 watt regular light bulbs you'd have in the light back here because it was glowing. The white was glowing through the hood, uh, you know, the, the seam of the hood. I'm like, I you. okay, that's not right either. You know, what? What? This is not kid so so, even, at
1: a, even at the uh, eight-year-old,
0: oh, I was critiqu- then you were the critic. <laughs> oh, I was critiquing that car to heck. But uh, yeah,
1: well, I've longed to meet the A-Team van. I haven't yet. Uh, there's a place I've been talking about to you f- for a long time that's up near – up in Tennessee, uh, not too far away from Memphis that I want to go visit that has a ton of stuff. But, uh, in the meantime, I'll just have to make my Pinewood Derby cars. Yeah. uh,
0: (laughs) I'm anxious to see it.
1: This year, for those who, uh, aren't friends with me on Facebook, um, well, last year I went all out and I did an Ecto-1 Pinewood Derby car complete with, uh, Lego, random Lego pieces and parts glued <laughs> to the top and the white wall tires. And I just, I went overboard. I was out there with a file making the little fins on the back and stuff. And
0: nice. uh, it
1: was so much fun. It, I started it. We usually have the race in February and I started it like in October, or November. I was so, I was like, I got to do this for like the 30th anniversary. <laughs> And this year, I'm like, Ooh, uh, how do I top that? And I'm like, eh, maybe I don't want to top it. I'll just try to do something easy. So this year, I'm going to do the A-Team van. And I was doing some of the little details today. I haven't got out the paint yet, but it's about ready. And nice. um, my uh, middle son, he uh, had no idea what he wanted to do this year. So I was trying to throw some suggestions at him and he finally came upon the turtle van. So nice. we're going to have, we're going to have a van war. He's going to be the, <laughs> the Ninja Turtles party van or party wagon. And, um, and I'm going to have the 18 van, and, and a friend of ours I know is doing the uh, mystery machine. So we're going to have sweet. a good old, uh, we're going to have a good old van war this year <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> going down the track. But uh anyway, well, let's get back to the uh, the podcast at hand, and let's get our mask on. Get your mask on. Well, thanks to the friend of the show, Carsten Satcher, he uh, sent me a link on Facebook uh, last week about uh, this image that Hasbro has released. It's basically uh, part of their Toy Fair investor presentation that happened this past week on this you know new multi-property universe that we uh, went into detail uh, about on one of our chat podcasts. I got a cropped shot of the mask portion of that. And I posted that on our website and on Facebook, which kind of was kind of puzzling. It showed a bearded, like brown haired man in this like red suit um, that had three vehicles in the foreground and two of them. I pretty easily identified as those NASCAR wreckers from transformers i think it was number three darker the moon
0: i haven't seen it yet um, so you're one up on me
1: and then the other one was this lamborghini concept that was pointed out by this guy paul perryman on facebook it looks identical it's like a a concept car it almost looks like speed racer uh, all white so i i don't know what was your reaction Uh, the the picture and you saw it there for the first time and what you thought of their, you know, mask portion of that montage.
0: Well, I was one, I guess I was a little surprised in some respects because I know we got whispers about it, but I didn't realize they'd be doing something this soon. And then when I started looking at, looking it over, it looked like, uh, like you said, it was kind of, um, I think someone, someone, or maybe you, mentioned that it looked like it uh, had the Ultra Flash suit but had the Spectrum mask in hand. Yeah, And then you had the these futuristic cars like the Lamborghini you pointed out. And initially, I, I was looking at, a, I guess, objectively going mask is cliche or logo was illusion is the ultimate weapon. All the vehicles, except <laughs> for switchblade were basically common vehicles even though gloria had the porsche she was kind of on the high end yeah they were all really the common cars you saw out on the highway every single day it wasn't like it wasn't this concept card type process and so i saw that going man it's they've already just screwed this up already (laughs) at least from the at least from the fans perspective maybe not right. from the new fans but then I tried to look at it you know after I made my comments on, on the page I'm like maybe they're they're just doing like they do with transformers they're shooting at the new audience not at the old all they're doing is appeasing us by keeping the name and maybe uh the car names and so forth but the rest of it's just going to be blanket new yeah and well, and I just I, but I'll be honest I'm just like uh, the Michael Bay movies I'm still kind of miffed is probably the right word that they're not doing some of it justice by you know even if they don't use the camaro which would be a shame but if they don't use the camaro if they'd use i don't know Ford Taurus or something that's that's a common car not a not a futuristic lamborghini that right. obviously failed at the concept because that was what a 2012 or something that the guy pointed out
1: yeah concept like that
0: so uh, what was your take? I realized we, we, you had the article, but what was your, uh, I guess, initial reaction? And then if there was a follow up like mine,
1: well, I was, I went back to the, uh, the press release and I found a couple email addresses and I tried to email them to see if they would give me a, a higher quality image. Cause I did find it. I, I sat through their little presentation there. I had like 220 slides or something and, uh, I tried to pull that out of the presentation and then I found it over there. The The article that was shared with me was over on toyark.com and they had a pretty, uh, a pretty nice shot of everything. It's still, once you crop it though, it's, it's pretty small. Cause I obviously we're trying to focus in on mask here, but, um, I don't know. It was interesting. There, there was, uh, Micronauts, which had an obvious picture of Optimus Prime in the background. G.I. Joe was just their, like, new logo. There was nothing else for G.I. Joe. And then you had uh, ROM, which looked to be, like, new art. And I know they've made a comic book recently. I haven't, haven't seen any of the art from that. But it looks like some kind of updated version. There was, like, this... Uh, volcanic, he looked like he was on like a volcanic planet or something. I think I said in the blog post, uh, and then you had mask, which I'll get to. And then the, uh, the final one was visionaries, which looked really cool. It looked like an updated, you know, like concept art, but they went with like one of the, not one of the main characters and they used the bear instead of, you know, the main guy, uh, was it the He was the lion. So that was interesting to me. And then I was looking at mask and obviously I wanted to, you know, hone in on that. And I, the suit was what stood out to me. It looked like an updated, you know, what we always refer to as the flight suit. Right. And, uh, he was holding the mask under his arm there. And that kind of looked like an updated version of Spectrum. Other than that though, I mean, you had the, it looked like, uh, I I called him uh, Ryan Reynolds with a beard. Um, he, you know, didn't look like what I would think Matt tracker would look like. And then the, the cars, you know, it it just felt like it was thrown together. It was like, uh, Mr. CEO or whoever was in charge of that investor presentation called up the creative guys and were like, Hey, we want to put together a montage of all this to hype to our investors. Can you give us something for each one of these? And. You know, the guy was on the line like, well, we're not ready to go with mask yet. Well, just put something together. So, and we won't show it, but you know, for a few minutes up on the screen, <laughs> right. I that's what it felt like to me. And so I'm not taking really any stock in this picture. Um, If it turns out to be something like this and they go futuristic with the cars and all that, you know, I, I'm going to be the same as you. I'm going to be disappointed. Like, most of us were with the transformers movies and they're essentially going to try to appeal to the broadest audience out there, which they might need to anyway, if they're going to do a solo mask movie, because you know, we're a lot more obscure than GI Joe and transformers. But if you focus in on the cars, I mean, I, I still think you can hold to this original concept, like you were saying, ordinary cars that transform into something a lot more that's going to appeal to everybody uh this, they don't have to be futuristic race cars and you know go 500 miles an hour or whatever
0: unless unless you're trying to get past and get into the split seconds ta- style mentality
1: or, yeah or the racing series somebody brought that up are they going yeah, straight Yeah that's to what
0: the I'm race? that I'm sorry that's what I was actually thinking
1: of but if you're going to do that, why call it mask? I don't know. It just doesn't – I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. So, anyway, I'll invite people to go over there to our blog post uh, on our agentsofmask.com website and leave your opinion. Or if you haven't yet connected with us on Facebook, go and do that, and you'll see the post there, and a bunch of people have commented, and I tried to scroll through there and get their opinion. But uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that this was just kind of uh, – a last minute, let's put something together, kind of deal for our uh, our investors. Because uh, that definitely wasn't for the fans. <laughs> anyway, well, um, are you ready to move on past that?
0: I am ready to <laughs> well, start.
1: Wait, now wait. Before we start, uh, okay. I do have, uh, there will be a giveaway coming up. Well, that's right. That I don't want uh, people to miss. Now, I can't divulge too many details at this time because the, uh, the uh, prize itself um, is not complete yet. We'll put it that way. So, uh, once it's complete, we'll be announcing across all of our platforms the website, the email, social media. So, uh, it's, it's one that masked fans won't want to miss. I'll just put it that way and it'll be kind of a one-of-a-kind item that you'll want to put in your collection so
0: that that's that's like wow that's that that's even like not even touching <laughs> the surface uh, he just told me about it here not two or three minutes ago so yeah. um yeah be holding on i mean like if you if you don't pay a lot of attention now you really want to be paying a lot of attention to to the Social media sites. Uh, when yeah. when Jason turns it on, it's. I think everybody's going to be going. What? 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 What?
1: Yeah. So. Well, and you know, granted, not everybody gets our posts in the in their Facebook feed. So the easiest way is just to go and get subscribed to our email list, which is right. just going to our website and clicking that join button and then entering in your information to get on our email list. Because I will be emailing this it might be just a separate email uh to everybody on the list to to go out and get your entries into this giveaway so uh that's coming up i'm not sure exactly when like i said it's still kind of in limbo i'm hoping maybe within the next month or so but um just stay tuned for that you won't want to miss it right so partner well let's uh let's Jump in our uh, our mask transport plane and head over to uh, Greece, shall we?
3: Let's start the mask
0: We fade up onto a desert region with uh, high rock formations uh, with a monastery atop one of them with a group of monks carrying bags of goods. We don't know what's in them just yet. One is mentioning, though, that the load is heavy. They load their goods into a basket, which is then winched up to the monastery atop the little mount. Why does the bell ring now? It's not prayer time. The monks press a rock button, uh, which raises a door where they enter in. Atop the uh, monastery, the winch, uh, one of the monks states that no one is actually ringing the bell, commenting that it's a heavenly sign. The monks continue to winch the load, then mention that the rope has been cut with their goods gone. We move on to a, like a restoration site where Tracker talks with, uh, I imagine the supervisor, The name is not given, mm-hmm. who thanks him for his help. As Matt mentions that Socrates, I can't say that anymore.
1: Socrates.
0: Uh, no, I can't well I can't even say that because I still think of freaking Bill and Ted's version. Socrates. <laughs> Socrates. I had to, that's why I messed up because I had to think about it. <laughs> Bill and Ted, you ruined me when it came to the, the right way of pronouncing things. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> but anyway, so Socrates would be talking to his students. I can't say it. Uh, Matt eventually makes a remark that Bruce would enjoy.
3: We can't have a future without a past. Let's just say we're renewing history.
1: That was a great line. I like that. Yeah, talking about restoring the uh, the ruins there.
0: Right. So, uh, and he says, you know, we're renewing history. T. Bob is now trying to uh, <laughs> trying is bumbling over Shakespeare's lines. Not
3: to be, or to be, that is not the question.
4: Not. No, you've got it all wrong. That's Shakespeare. He's from England.
0: Oh? Well, Greek
3: plays are Greek to me.
0: And here Uh, we go. Yeah. (laughs) He attempts to make a line where he says that the charming goddess has put dents in his heart. (laughs) Um, Scott scoffs, saying that he'd be closed on opening night. (laughs) T-Bob wonders if that was the Greek tragedy, while Scott states that if it wasn't, it is now. So the two walk over to Alex and Matt as they have an American tea time, as Alex puts it, which is basically sipping on cans of pop, as we would call it in PA. Uh, Most other people call it sodas.
3: Tea time, American style. Nobody has anything robot style. Sorry, T-Bob. Athens seems to be out of antifreeze.
0: So Alex mentions that he overheard some gossip that a monastery near Mount Athos, which we now find out where the location, uh, was robbed. Matt mentions that monks are poor. What could be stolen? That's the catcher. They won't say.
3: They're probably too proud.
4: Stealing from monks. That's lousy.
3: It sure is, Scott. Maybe we can help them and replace whatever was taken. Here, here. You have my vote.
0: They all kind of do a vote with Scott you know i'll vote third if i can go right (laughs) and uh off they go
1: with the vote unanimous i think matt says yeah Yeah. well descending on another set of ruins now nearby we hear the venom theme and we see their four vehicles parked outside
3: gold i told you it pays to work hard you didn't strain yourself the monks were up push over well mr 007 without my mastermind you'd have nothing
4: let's just get down to business and find out how the monks got this gold
1: mayhem then suggests to Rax to go back and join the monastery with dagger complaining he never gets to go undercover which actually was a good point because we've seen Rax go undercover several times right i remember that one episode it might have been um I think it's Mardi Gras mystery where they catch racks on like some uh, security camera footage stealing this formula for the, uh, for that super fuel. Yeah. And then, you know, like Vanessa, well, like in the Golden Goddess, when she steals those blueprints and she's all dressed up, you know, in her glasses, and Bruce tracks her and ends up getting that shelf of books dumped on him, you know, as she, <laughs> she makes her getaway. So, Poor old dagger. He never gets to go undercover. (laughs) That's because you can't even tie your shoes in the dark. Now let's get moving. Well, as uh, we get back over to mask now, Thunderhawk is approaching the monastery with Scott asking if they really live up there. And Matt says, you might say it makes them closer to heaven with T-Bob joking. That's for the birds or I don't know. Rolling my eyes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. They pull up this, uh, I, I don't know, I thought it was like a secret door that was down at the base you know, yeah. of the mountain with this little actuator button. I guess Matt <laughs> knew about it um, because he pulls up and he's looking at his watch now saying uh, perfect timing. As the door goes up and the monks come out, Matt greets brother Nicodemus, who is kind of the leader of the fraternity there. And introduces everyone. How do you do, Brother Nicodemus? This
3: is my associate, Alex Sector, my son Scott, and his friend Teapot. Welcome, friends. I was informed you were coming. Do you really like
4: living up there?
3: <laughs> like a fish loves the water, my son. Boy, must be flying fish to get way up there.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Tracker. He cuts into the uh, amusement there and tells Matt that his help won't be necessary. He says nothing was stolen of any consequence and bid the gentleman and robot a good day. So he enters the mountain door and closes it behind. Alex says he seemed friendly as a puppy. <laughs> while Matt thinks he was keeping something from them. But he says mask has its secrets, too, and they'll respect the wishes of the monks which I thought was uh, a good point. Right. So we go uh, back on top of the uh, monastery now, and the monks are holding this little ceremony in the chapel.
0: Right, and this is where they're, they're basically, Nicodemus thanks their god for their reward as he reaches for these antlers of Artemis.
3: Antlers of plenty, antlers of Artemis, mysterious horns of old. Without your help, We could not carry out our work and studies all told.
0: Congregation now begins to say in unison that they vow to keep their secret safe. And as the camera pans across the congregation, we now see Rax, which is wearing the stiletto mask. And he's simulating that he's praying, I suppose. He then steps up and says that he only gives pledges to the Venom fraternity. (laughs) And he seizes the antlers and runs off. Where we cut right back over to Thunderhawk, Scott is disappointed that he didn't get to climb to the top of the mount. Matt states that the monks put out the put out the not welcome sign. Just then, we hear the thumping of a helicopter blade, with Scott turning back to see Switchblade, passing by.
4: Speaking of somebody who's not welcome, Venom's here.
0: Matt does a power slide in Thunderhawk and ditches the freaking duo again. And of all pla I mean, he ditches them everywhere, but he ditches them out in the desert. At least it looks like a desert to me. So yeah, great parenting there.
1: Yeah,
0: you do PSAs, but you'll ditch stay, your kid wherever you want.
1: Stay here where it's safe. You know? Yeah, um, where 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 there's no like uh, water and they're out in the middle of <laughs> like barren wasteland.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. So We hear the military version of the Venom theme fading up with the monks scurrying about as Rax instructs the monks to...
1: Get back to your ceremony,
3: brothers! Stiletto, fire!
1: (laughs) I said get, or I'll aim for your sandals next.
0: Wasn't that their sandals that he shot at?
1: (laughs) Well, I took it more as like a warning shot, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: you Go any further and I'll start actually (laughs) making those darts going to your legs.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, then we see Thunderhawk passing over as Matt states that he will drop Alex off uh, while he uh, passes along his respects to Switchblade. Right. Alex agrees and they call for the match which is awesome to see. You know, we yeah, don't usually was... typically see that anymore. It's like they just drop down like magically.
1: Yeah. It was kind of weird that it was Alex the one that called for it and he got his and then Matt you know, immediately got his afterwards. Cause right. It's usually Matt's the one that's doing that voice command in Thunderhawk. True. So as uh, they get their masks, Alex jumps out of Thunderhawk and he engages Jackrabbit. There is no command for that, of course, and sees Rax running with the horns. By Joe, he may have golden horns, but he certainly doesn't run like a deer. Stiletto, fire. <laughs> Rex fires stiletto at Alex and <laughs> he almost dances away from the darts, like in midair. Mm-hmm.
2: This, is,
1: this was a little too ridiculous for me. Um, I know that Jackrabbit's mask is like more of a hovering power, at least it, up until this point it was. Right. But it showed him like almost gliding away or something. It was, I don't know. It was very cartoonish.
0: <laughs> if it was. And, and um, I know you're going to get to it. A- here but um, I couldn't help but resist when, when Alex is now like being chased uh-huh. by uh, Switchblade I mean Jackrapper can really move and I had to point it out because fictitiously Airwolf can hit 300 knots without the turbos engaged mm-hmm. a military Apache by <laughs> facts, cannot even go you know can only hit 158 knots at top speed so this freaking jackrabbit has some serious cruise power.
1: <laughs> well, and that's the thing. There's no real consistency with it. It seems like um, there's times where it, you know he mainly uses it to get from here to there when there's a barrier, or a fence, or something in the way. There's even um, that one episode where they're trying to defuse a bomb. Can't remember which one it is, and he and uh, he's got a couple other agents with him. That he's able to transport with him. Oh, yeah. Uh, up in the air. And, you know, I've always kind of thought of it as, yeah, it can go up, but it's more of a, a spectrum hang glider type power.
0: And that's what I thought uh, of, except that it can actually hover. But even we've seen a uh, spectrum hang glider hover. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, so, yeah, being chased by a <laughs> helicopter was a little ridiculous. Not to mention this move for right. me. But anyway, so after moving away, Alex finds himself right in front of Switchblade and his rotor, which was kind of cool that, you know, him yeah. pointed the rotor kind of at him to try to chop him up. But uh, he proceeds to fly away, like we talked about. Switchblade gives chase, and Thunderhawk now is just right behind him. It's the cloud your day, but. Alex is able to escape, essentially. And he spots Rax again and says, it's time for a flying tackle. Well, Switchblade recovers, and Mayhem now says, have a cyclone on me, and sends Alex tumbling towards the ground. And Rax kind of waves at Mayhem now for a a pickup, and Matt engages the Spectrum Ultrasound to disrupt them. Now... (sighs) Was more of a tick for me, but the mask, uh, the little waves that come out of the mask, engage before he actually gives the voice command.
0: Right, and um, I noticed that too. It was, it, it was a kind of a markup for me. It was more a little bit higher up because he's, like you said, it, it it it's the visual effect is going on. Yeah, far before they actually say the verbal command.
1: And it was so Matt could give his little stupid, you know, one-liner here. Uh, time for a screaming eagle or something he says. Right. But I would have liked that synced up a little bit better. But anyway, back to the story. Rax now drops the antlers after this uh, ultrasound, like from Spectrum, you know, hurting their ears. And they, he essentially covers his ears over his mask. Right. And now we get, uh, now we get Scott and T-Bob approaching the scene.
0: Right. Scott comments that, uh, his dad is giving Venom a lesson in sounds, with T-Bob mentioning that if he they get any closer, that they'll need earplugs. <laughs> uh,
1: Does T-Bob better? have ears?
0: Well, he must.
1: <laughs> he yeah, has is another... he Yeah. Sure. yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, Thunderhawk flies in circles around Venom while Miles shouts, Get
2: the antlers, you fool!
3: Hey! What do I have to do to get a ride? Take out my thumb.
0: Engulfed in this ultrasound, Miles essentially pulls himself together to release the rope ladder from Switchblade and Rax hops on. But there's a glitch. I don't know if you caught it, but Mm -mm. the antlers disappear.
1: Oh, really? I didn't notice that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And then they rush out of the area. It's like he gets on the rope and then then they... I think they, they cut to a different angle or... Or animation, I think, flying away. Oh. You don't see it in his hand, so did
2: not uh, notice that.
0: Yeah. So Matt chases after them as we pan in on Alex, who is now coming to and saying, Woo! Uh, before he comments, we see a host of spiders appear. Huh?
2: These spiders
3: are prisoners. Jack Rabbit off. Jack Rabbit off! Or... Matt, Jack
0: lost its kick. Uh, he radios for Matt, which I, I imagine because Jackrabbit has now failed, because he pulls his arm up, and now we kind of see the, the little computer, whatever he has on his wrist, must be his intercom or backup intercom. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, sa- he says to Matt that uh, Jackrabbit's lost its kick. So Matt gives up the chase and heads back to his friend. Alex joke, jokes to the spiders that he donates to the wildlife association. <laughs> and as Matt flies by, he jokes that he knows that Alex likes exotic animals, but this is a bit much, right? <laughs> the camera then expands to show the gravity of this predicament that Alex is in. He's on a ledge. Uh, I can't say how far down, but basically like, like he's a great distance above whatever the, the chasm floor mm-hmm and has nowhere to go and that's when we get our dramatic commercial break. So where does this lead you in in the rating and your synopsis so far?
1: Well, I we're at halftime and I don't know, it was heavy on the jokes for me. And I don't know, I, I when they make light of the danger and I I think Alex even says that these spiders are poisonous at at one point, you know. I missed that. And, I didn't he's the animal expert or whatever, you know, right. creature expert. <laughs> so, it's serious and, you know, they showed several scenes with the spider. There there was only one where they're actually moving towards him. Uh, and I don't even think they were moving towards him at the end there. Uh, I would have liked a little bit more of that. Right. Just to showcase the situation. But, I don't know, they were making jokes there at the end and I'm like <sighs> Can you just save the guy without that's <laughs> oh, uh you know I didn't realize you were this much into exotic animals or whatever. I don't know. I, I didn't like that. Um the dancing on the air trick, it kind of made me wish we had received some kind of orientation with the ability of the masks, you know. <laughs> if we would have had some kind of explanation at the beginning of the show and would kind of walk us through each mask. oh, here's, you know. This would be your mask, uh Alex. This is Jackrabbit, and this is what it does. You know, I like that some have different powers like spectrum, but you know we were never really introduced to the physics of Jackrabbit, which no. might have explained why he could you know do a tap dance in the middle of the air <laughs> uh I don't know it just kind of made me wish that we had more information on here because we're having to go through each episode and pull out little nuggets of oh, I didn't know that could do that, and <laughs> you kind of piece them all together. We need, like, a mass encyclopedia yeah. you know, of everything. Um, I wrote down it was a bit easy for Rax to infiltrate the monks and quickly as he did because it seemed like the next scene, and he was already in with them, and I don't know. It seemed like they alluded to maybe it taking some time or whatever for Rax to go back there and be able to figure out what's going on with this gold. But, you know, through that, the story was pretty creative. The The monastery and the 007 comment pointed me to uh, kind of an inspiration from the, the James Bond movie, For Your Eyes Only, because they have a uh, – it's not a monastery, but it's some kind of castle or structure on top of a mountain like that, and they have a basket that actually – takes people that's the only way you can get up there there's no like Mm. secret entrance or whatever that's the only way you get up there is through this basket and there's a fight up there and so that put me in that movie for a little bit but other than the jokes and the i guess more ticks that i mentioned i was in the four to four and a half range in the halftime what were you
0: well to be honest i'm i gave it a solid four uh I liked there was lots of drama. There was a lot of suspense within just the first I'll call 11 minutes of the show. We saw the plot where venom is wanting the gold. We see the monks even have this secret uh, as we typically believe that monks kind of have a simple life. They're, they're gardening. They're just kind of fending for themselves uh, and being able to, I'll call it worship and, and do their thing on their own. The, the commands were great to see that, you know, they finally came back, it seems mm-hmm. um, my I guess my hang ups were that the cliffhanger that we have here, mm-hmm. uh, pun included, it, it was kind of weak. I could have seen a better cliffhanger when Alex was falling from the sky where he lands on the, you know, gets knocked out or something like yeah. that. I could see a better cliffhanger there. The spiders chasing Alex, I, I, I guess it, just to me, it was really weak.
1: It was um, out of nowhere, too. I mean, yeah. Didn't really ex- expect spiders to be out there. I don't know right. if there's a Greece is known for its <laughs> well, poisonous not, uh, spiders, but
0: I don't know if it's. I mean, I've I've never been to Greece, and, but I know uh, the desert regions. When uh, for my military friends that have deployed, they've come across what's called camel spiders. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, people, you got to look this up to. And, and most of the pictures you see are not. Are not fictitious people we had a problem and I I know I'm straying, but there's a reason Uh, these these if they would have done this in the animation that might be more plausible (laughs) these spiders are monsters they're they're like three or four times bigger than a stinking uh, tarantula they're a monster and they I don't know how they do it but they will crawl into like a computer and the computer will just fail so they You know, people will have to, you know, the maintenance guys will have to go out and try to fix out, see what's going on with this computer. They know that there's probably a spider in this box. It's why it failed. So they actually gingerly open the box and kind of open the case away from them to make sure a spider doesn't hop out. Because they're, I know you can't really fathom to see, but they're a freaking, they're about as round as a volleyball. They're a monster. So for Uh. them to... So, I don't know if the, I honestly don't know if they're poisonous or not, but I know. I mean, if tarantula scared the bejesus out of you, those <laughs> things will scare you. I mean, you just might as well just lead a trail of crap. I mean, you're just you are evacuating, running. Yeah. Um, but I, any, I if they would have done something like that, and I know it's probably hard to, to draw it, but if they would have had monster spiders, maybe it would be more plausible for this. But it, to me, it looked like even smaller than uh, rotex about the size of stinking rotex is what it looked like
1: yeah yeah well and they they did that before that's a good point and they did a lot more animation with that so uh, only moving them essentially in one frame or one scene there and being stationary for the rest of it
0: right it didn't uh, you didn't I grasp didn't the gravity back, so just, right. You know, they're just. they're he bugged the nest but he didn't they didn't do anything
1: yeah So, I mean, he could have fell, yeah, for him falling off the side of the mountain, banging into the mountain and kind of tumbling down the side. And he is able to hang on, you know, to something and not work jackrabbit. I mean, that could have been enough in itself, but I don't know. Anyway, right.
0: but then uh, anyway, so, so another tick that I had, is although it seems normal, we see the duo dropped off in the middle of nowhere. Like, like I mentioned earlier, that bugged me. And like I said, it's, especially it's in the desert, it just it boggles me. <laughs> and then the the premature—we talked about this—the premature visual effect of the ultrasound. Mm. All that just irked me enough. As
1: great as the drama was
0: and the, the action, four I, is all I got yeah. right now.
1: Well, I'm 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 there with you. There was enough there to. Definitely get it down uh, at right. least a point off our five scale. So, well, let's uh, let's keep going. After the break, um, the spiders are now closing in and actually you start jumping towards Alex. He takes off his belt and forms a loop on one end. And as the spiders kind of come towards him, he just leaps off the cliff. <laughs> he lassos a tree limb with his belt. That was a pretty daring feat. Yeah. Really. Thunderhawk then swoops in, you know, with him hanging off the side of the mountain with his belt. And uh, here come the bad puns again. Matt tells Alex, I don't think the monks would want you trimming their shrubs, Alex. It wasn't really a shrub. It was more of a tree anyway. Right. uh, He opens up the bomb bay doors on Thunderhawk now and extends a large cable with a hook. And amazingly snatches the loop on Alex's belt. And able to lift him in the air. Now, I, I mean, I like that. There's another feature we have on Thunderhawk we hadn't seen before, right? But this was a pretty impossible. Oh yeah. <laughs> task. But you know, to get a that lot- hook in there at just to the right time to, to latch onto him.
0: Right, and you're going to come up to it, but um, you know, it, the impossibilities that that is Thunderhawk. You know you see the way that it flies, you know in a previous episode, we saw him do the bumper landing, yeah, and then taking off from nowhere like a helicopter or hovering well the, it actually to me it's a jet it's not a it's not a hover vehicle
1: yeah, but I like this now, um, after this, uh Alex says, "I'm hooked on you, old boy, and you know Thunderhawk, we see the jet engines now rotate towards the ground, and it descends Alex down. And he is, is able to uh, get off there on the ground. What uh, did then, you
0: did you notice how it how they engaged it? It was they dropped the rear bumper, yeah, and then the scoop, like a reverse jet scoop or whatever, kind of made it do the reverse engines.
1: Yeah, but I mean it's another detail that I don't think we've seen before. No, and, you know you remember like uh, when we saw the the transport plane. It might
0: been, yeah.
1: yeah, it might have been in Green Nightmare where it we saw the how it hovers and that the transport plane is able to hover. It's that same motion. Right. Um, and, we, you know, we've marked down Thunderhawk before, at least I have, for doing some of these, you know, <laughs> crazy maneuvers and hovering. And we just never knew that these engines could do that. Right. It makes a lot more sense now. I don't know if, you know, some of these tricks are still <laughs> – even possible right? because there's another crazy one that he pulls in the air uh, in the second half here but um, I don't know I I was like okay well that kind of makes sense that the the engines can do that and he's able to bring it down for a landing you know pretty abruptly there but anyway so Scott and T-Bomb they run up Yay! Yeah!
3: We could make extra money with a trapeze act like that Thanks old chap But I prefer earning a living on the ground. Now that we know Venom's involved in this, it's time to get
1: busy. And he uses Thunderhawk's onboard computer to connect with Boulder Hill and, of course, scan the personnel files for a mission in Greece. And we get essentially just one agent, Gloria. The uh, computer selects her because her college education was in Athens. And that might be helpful. She's shown in the shop there with her uh indie racer and she's like taking a coffee break and before uh her friend there can pour the coffee in her cup she gets the uh <laughs> she gets the alarm and takes off with the guy still pouring the coffee and then we get alex of course he's pre selected since he's essentially already there
0: yep and... I, you know i have some ticks here uh huh actually about three one did you notice that the We'll call it the reverb effect when they're wearing the mask didn't exist, and when Matt takes off his mask, it didn't change like it has in the past yeah. uh, Now venom they, has they
1: haven't been consistent with that throughout the show, so no, I, but, I don't really take too much stock in that anymore
0: but I did hear because venom has the effect oh do they they, they have, have that the effect that mask doesn't uh, I don't know. The, it's weird. So, yeah, and then um uh, typically Matt typically says. Uh, computer, he instructs the computer. Now he's just pushing a button and he ob- omits the computer part and just says, scan the files for best agents, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. He typically says, "Mass computer or connect to headquarters computer, or that kind of line, and then we get that. And he also even says, in the call-up, he'll typically say, Alex Sector pre-selected. Now the computer this time has pre-selected him. So it just kind of a, for me, it's a disconnect. These, these three were ticks for me that kind of bugged me Yeah, uh, right here in this one little, just this little, I don't know, 30 second segment.
1: I didn't, yeah, I didn't buy too much into it just because they're not consistent. So it's not like, well, this is the way we've always done it. I do agree. It Usually Matt has some more input um, and he's even used a voice command versus, you know, just flipping up the, computer there and pushing some buttons or whatever to contact the computer back at Boulder Hill. But I don't know. That's just another area that it would have benefited them to be more consistent with. right? So, well, uh, now we head back to the monastery.
0: Right. And here's where Nicodemus, who now seems to have a slight voice change, it sounds more like Bruce, <laughs> uh, advises Mass that they were unaware that anyone knew of the antlers until now.
3: Venom's tentacles extend everywhere. The question is, why is he after a set of gold antlers? Probably because they once belonged to the Greek goddess
0: Artemis. Matt argues that she was only a storybook mythology. Nicodemus corrects him, saying she was real and that the antlers belonged to the stag she rode. Alex is intrigued and asks if other gods were inspired by real people.
3: All I can say is Greece has many untold secrets of her past. And so you and the monks have been the keepers of the antlers for over 3000 years. Yes, through the order of the Brotherhood, they have been passed down for generations. The golden antlers of Artemis have the ability to search out and find quantities of gold, much like a divining rod and we only use them to find just enough gold to live on. He's he already... a
1: big treasure room they have. Yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, which is true.
0: As, as Nicodemus moves to begin asking, Matt already interjects, saying that he doesn't need to ask. Matt is already looking for them. And then he asks that he and his brotherhood leave the monastery for a short time. At the end of this discussion, we see our dynamic duo approach in the foreground with... T-Bob holding a wooden dividing rod. Are you sure this is going to work?
4: Dad told me this is how the monks find gold. So finding water's got to be a lot easier. We're too far up in the clouds. That's where water comes from, silly. Just start walking around. Now, I,
1: this was another thing that bugged me here. Because how does Scott know about the whole antlers finding gold things he says his, uh, Matt told him well Matt just learned you know unless he was listening into their conversation a minute ago <laughs> Matt just found out you know exactly uh, so, Anyway,
0: anyways. so he continued uh, Scott continues to instruct him to start walking around and he Bob <laughs> suggests that maybe the gold likes gold but perhaps water doesn't like the stick Scott replies suggesting that he should try running and so here comes T-Bob running and they kind of encircle a well opening with T-Bob bumping a pail of water that overturns on him with him saying that maybe he was right. Yeah. And Scott gives a laugh. And then we turn to Matt and Alex as they're surveying the bell tower.
1: Yes. And uh, Matt is pointing out the Venom used a laser fire to ring the bell during the robbery. And we see some marks. Uh, on the actual bell and Alex stated they must have used whisper mode on their vehicles so no one could hear them Uh, okay never heard of that before (laughs) Alex asked Matt if he has any ideas and Matt says they should let Venom find us for a change so back to Venom and we're at some ruins again
3: Rax, I'm giving you exactly one more minute to come up with the magic words the monk said. I'm telling you, I don't remember. Just something about thanks. I should have had you record it, you pinhead. Want me to go back to the monk
4: and find out? We don't have ten years. Are these antlers going to work or
1: not? Mayhem says a gold miner just has to have faith. Well, and then him with saying that, you know... He hasn't shown much patience up to this point, so... Does he ever? I, right, so saying somebody just to have faith is kind of telling them the need to wait a little bit. Anyway, this dialogue didn't make sense to me. Um, and just in the antlers, they start to move towards the ground as Ma'am's holding them, and he orders them to dig. Well, Dagger says they forgot the shovels, of course, and <laughs> Ma'am says, you better use your hands. So they uncover this uh, gold nugget with Mayhem saying he always knew he had the Midas Touch. And then just about then, the antlers move again and start dragging Mayhem. And he tells them to go get the vehicles.
0: I thought it was actually kind of funny to see him getting dragged along.
1: Right, right. So now we see the four vehicles moving along. And the Prana bike is in the lead with the antlers tied to the windshield. Now, uh, we see the uh, Monastery uh, Mountain in the distance, and Rax he starts to lose control of the bike because the antlers are being, a, you know, there's a lot stronger attraction, and he ends up crashing, of course.
4: Looks like you need training wheels, Rax.
0: He does need them, but you know, as much as we see him crashing, at least we didn't see him flip off like we knew. <laughs> right,
1: see. right. He was still, <laughs> he was still near <laughs> the bike that time. Well, uh, Mayhem picks up the antlers, and they are now pointed at the monastery. There's gold in that there spire. Of course, of course, I have to figure everything out. The monks have been storing gold in there for years. Well, duh. (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, if they are able to detect gold, it would be logical that they still have gold there. Right. Now, why they would go back there, that's another story that we'll get to later. But I don't know. Anyway, so we walk inside the uh, monastery now with the venom agents. And Rax is complaining it's too dark in the passageway with Dagger giving him the direct answer of, that's because there's no light! (laughs) Mayhem can't believe he works for him after that statement. Right, And he wonders where all the monks are, as the antlers fly out of his hands and stick into this nearby door. And then we see uh, Mayhem using Viper to melt the door lock. And they open the door to this room full of gold.
0: Right. Miles is amazed and instructs that They carry it all to the vehicles. Suddenly, Matt appears, along with Gloria and Alex, saying that...
3: I'd say this is a golden opportunity to put you in jail. Torch on! Aura on!
0: Her aura reflects the the torch blast right back at them with Venom fleeing. Manta transforms into jet mode with the rest of Venom. The duo are at the bottom of the bell tower where T-Bob wants to, and this was kind of curious because usually it's Scott that was the adventurous, nosy guy. And here T-Bob is now the curious one. He wants to go yeah. peek out while Scott who typically doesn't listen is now saying, we're supposed to stay here.
1: Yeah. So. I, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, talk about a role reversal. Right. Cause yeah, they just, they got that all wrong. It's, it's always Scott that wants to, he's the one that, wants to investigate and help the team and all that, not T-Bob.
0: Right. And of course, T-Bob has to end a small joke by saying uh, that those words do ring a bell. Yeah. Mask runs out with Venom Ooh. blasting away. Yeah, Matt takes uh, takes the air while Alex jumps into Rhino. Where, where did freaking Rhino come from?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, it, this killed me too because okay, so they surprised him there in their treasure room. And after deflecting that torch fireball, right. they go running out. Well, where is Mask? What what are they doing at that point? Wouldn't they be running after them? Um, so how how does Venom get the upper hand? They're already in their vehicles. They transform them. They're flying overhead. They're shooting lasers at Mask now who is running towards their vehicles. So I was like, there was some logistical stuff there where they should have been already at their vehicles.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyway. So Vanessa chases after Matt.
1: Sorry, Vanessa. I'm playing
3: hard
0: to get today. Switchblade attacks from the front, shooting laser blasts, sending Thunderhawk tumbling with its doors closed. Then they open up again and act like a parachute where Matt somehow gets the lift again and and gets control and shoots a laser blast at Manta, which cuts off the right wing. Uh, and it sends it crashing on its left side, careening into a, a wall where we see the front end crumple in. Then finally it, like, falls onto its wheels. Yeah. That right there was the good stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, and I like the the earlier transformation of Manta. I don't think we ever seen that before. No. And we had some pretty good maneuvers uh, in the sky as well a little bit of dog fighting manta shooting at uh thunderhawk and that was the good part the crash you know it basically shears off to the the front wing and the back wing on that one side uh as it crashes right. and you know, that was that was good i liked it
0: yeah and dagger says that uh that they should have their license checked
1: no, I didn't like that, because I was like, well, it was freaking shot off. Couldn't he do better?
0: <laughs> right. No,
1: I doubt it.
0: <laughs> and then next we see Switchblade transform into jet mode, with Rax instructing the rest to climb the bell tower to oh. help Mayhem. <laughs> Sco- how, do, yeah. how does
1: that help? Okay. Go get your know. freaking vehicles.
0: <laughs> who knows?
1: Let's climb the bell tower and help Mayhem uh, up in the air.
0: Yeah, and then the bell tolls. Scott notices Venom and timidly, that's what it sounded like, he was timid.
1: Venom!
4: Come on, T-Bob, let's go for a swing, now!
0: And of course, it rings right into Venom's ears, and they're grasping their ears, and then they fall off the tower and land right onto the crashed manta.
1: That was convenient.
0: Yeah, very convenient. Switchblade is chasing Thunderhawk with uh, Rhino lowering its exhaust stacks and shooting lasers. Those laser blasts sever Switchblade's wings, and as it begins to do a nosedive, Miles is quick to transform it into helicopter mode.
1: That was cool. That was yeah, cool. But, I like that.
0: But they made an animation goof,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. the landing skids disappear, and then they reappear. Like, they just completely are drawn off, and then they... Are redrawn on.
1: Well, that whole sequence too. I mean, I liked the, I liked what the writers were thinking. You know, I I wish they had done this before because it just makes sense. You shoot off Switchblade's wings. Well, he has to turn into helicopter mode in uh, in the air, which makes for a little bit of drama. But just the way they drew it too, Switchblade was so long. It looked like a jet fuselage. You know. Uh, It was just twice as long as it's normally shown. Right. So that whole sequence, although the concept of it was cool, um, the animation really didn't pull through. Right. So anyway, so after Mayhem has to convert back to helicopter mode, the agents kind of wave at him below as Matt lands Thunderhawk next to Rhino. The mask agents look up to see... The three Venom agents now hanging from the landing skids of Switchblade as it flies away into the mountaintops and they escape. And then we are taken sometime later now. Matt returns the antlers to the monks.
3: Use the antlers as you always have, Nicodemus. It's your golden chance to start over. Thank you, Mr. Tracker. Hey, Scott, are your ears still ringing from the bell? What did you say? I said,
4: Are your ears still ringing from the bell? Sorry, T Bob. I couldn't hear you. My ears are still ringing from the bell.
1: Which was kind of funny. But T Bob said something here at the end, and I don't know if it was just the recording of the episode that I watched on YouTube or something, but he says something about, You always tease me because, and, you know, the video fades out, so we didn't get that last joke or whatever he was trying to say did you
0: yeah i caught it it was actually says he only teases him because he's so cute and i'm wondering if that's why i got cut
1: i don't know it it was so abrupt and yeah could have just ended on that you know bell ringing ears ringing joke but anyway that was weird and then uh of course we fade out we fade right up back up into our psa
0: which is when T-Bob is celebrating his birthday in which she actually asks, how old am I anyway?
4: I don't know. Some of the parts I made you with were used.
0: We then cut over to a little boy who's messing with a rod. At first I thought he was like uh, cooking s'mores or a hot dog in the ca- in the yeah. fireplace or something and then Scott walks over to him he says that he shouldn't be messing around with a fire. And the screen
4: should be closed. Sparks could fly out and start a fire. Never thought of that. I guess you're right. It's dumb to play with
0: fire To turn chink, as the music theme kind of goes, and that's that's it. <laughs> and that leads us to our overall rating. What did you score our beloved episode?
1: Well, I'm not going to beat around the bush. <laughs> i I went down to a two on this one. I thought there was enough in the second half. Plus the PSA bugged me as well. Okay, so they're at the birthday party. T-Bob asks him how old he is. And Scott says he's not sure because he's made out of recycled parts. And I thought they were going to go into some kind of recycling, you know, public service announcement. Um, And then they go over to this fireplace safety kind of thing. And the boy, you know, he he even says at one point, oh, I never thought of that, that sparks might fly out of a fire. Uh, what planner are you on, dork? You know, <laughs> come on. He's just over there playing because he wants to play. Every, every kid wants to play in the fire. And they've thought about, oh, yeah, I know sparks are flying. I don't know if I'll catch the rug on fire or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, it just did a 180 on me. I was ready for it to go into recycling, and it went to fireplace safety. Anyway, so I – with that ending and – just the jokes just wore on me this whole episode and the mistakes and stuff. I was kind of tutoring between three and two, and I ended up going down the low end on this one. What I liked about the episode, of course, I always like to see the vehicles get destroyed, and we always talk about the mortality of the vehicles is uh, is something that we look forward to and you know, actually not have things be so invincible brings a, a more of a real life element to the episodes. So when the wings were shot off Manta and Switchblade, I thought that was really cool. And then the little details we got about Thunderhawk with the hook and, you know, the rotating engines, we're we're learning a little bit more and more about, you know, how each vehicle works, how the masks work. Um, But again, it makes me, (laughs) makes me wish they would have had something at the beginning of the series to, to take us through everything, you know, the bad stuff, and maybe I'm just overanalyzing, you know, after keeping this secret for 3000 years, they just kind of blurted out to Matt about this, (laughs) about the horns, you know, right? Uh, of course he's trying to help them recover it, but I don't, I don't know. You think I, yeah, he's still a an outsider. And it took, you know, racks all of, you know, a half an hour to infiltrate them to figure it out, but which kind of bug me as well. But I don't know. It didn't make sense to me that Venom got the antlers and they knew it attracted gold. Why wouldn't they just take it out of Greece? Um, go search for gold somewhere else. You know, plus Nicodemus told Matt that they only used the gold they needed to survive, so why they got this huge stockpile? that didn't make sense either at the end. Why did Rax and Dagger pile into manta? Why didn't they take on Rhino with their two vehicles that they left behind uh at the end of the episode right i I hate it when stuff like that happens. there's no reason for them to be in manta. When they had, they already established that all four vehicles were going to be there, and you know, up until that point, we saw Rhino. We didn't know how many Mask had, right? If, if they were bringing, you know, both Rhino and Shark or whatever, they 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 had the upper hand, and they just didn't. Uh, I, I wanted to see them have more of a battle there at the end with the vehicles. And why did Mask? Why didn't Mask pursue them? it just left them and oh they're going into the mountains hanging off the switchblade there i don't know uh just a couple more things and i'll let you talk <laughs> <laughs> as much as i like switchblade losing its wings it was just drawn awful in that scene there's just no no way around that and then the you know i mentioned the psa that was out there I think they could have done more with how mask rescued the antlers instead of venom essentially just abandoning them at the treasure room. You know what I mean? Right. We've seen episodes where they have these artifacts and it takes a you know Matt shooting or something at Switchblade and you know Miles loses the uh, the scepter regime out Switchblade and he catches it or some little trick like that. I don't know. I was ready for something like that other than just. Oh, they just ditched the antlers and they're gone. You know, Right. Now, I was thinking it was pretty obvious that the monks had gold in the monastery. They showed several bars there in the chapel Right. when Rex, you know, initially took the horns, but I don't know. It still just didn't make sense risking going back to them instead of just bailing and using the horns in other parts of the world or something. And then I mentioned too, when the, logistics of venom getting the upper hand on mask when you know masks surprised them and you know what were they doing while they were running away counting the gold in the treasure room or something exactly <laughs> anyway all of that just brought me down I I, I don't know there's a few things I liked about this episode but there was way more bad than good in my opinion so what did you rate it sir
0: well I, I'll be honest I'm having you talk it out, I might actually drop my rating Um, (laughs) because the more and more I've, I mean, I teetered, uh, I teetered with 3.5 and I was solid that I rounded up to four, but the more I'm talking with you, I really want to drop it down like a, to a three, just uh, the animation was great. It actually stood out. and Maybe that's why I went a little bit high. The inventiveness that they did with, Thunderhawk that we've talked about with the kind of the reverse thrust, the kind of the parachute catching itself with mm-hmm. the doors in midair. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drama was pretty good for me. Uh, the dogfight was awesome to see. I liked, like you said, we like seeing the the basically the crashing of, of vehicles, especially like Manta this time. And, and mm-hmm. then them clipping off the wings of switchblade.
1: That didn't make sense. Yeah. Like we were talking about where, It's like Matt puts the doors down and kills the engines to avoid that fire. And then he somehow is able to turn the car around, get the doors open, start the engines and go up and, you know, shoot them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was some good, there was some good fighting, but it was just unnecessary. He didn't need to do all that. Just dodge them and come back around and shoot them. uh...
0: Perhaps, but it was also like a good, I mean... I realize it was far-fetched, but it's still kind of a, a cool, I guess, feature that they could – you know, a little yeah. little trick that he did.
1: I don't know. In um, the, like in the first maybe 10 episodes, maybe even 20 episodes, there seemed to be more more dogfighting between them two where you're kind of going through canyons and forests and you're going up a sheer cliff, you know, and they're they're really – fighting each other and there's times where Matt has come at them upside down and all kinds of stuff and they were doing some creative stuff it was like you know masks version of Top Gun or something you know (laughs) and those first 20 episodes and now it's I don't know this was a this was a nice little nugget that we hadn't had in a while but uh, they're coming up with some weird stuff too for Thunderhawk but anyway i'll I'll let you continue I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> but I thought it was all like really to me the animation the drama was there, a little iffy about the the uh spider situation that we know we mentioned earlier. I was really miffed about the animation goof with the landing skids, uh, like they disappeared and then reappeared in the drawing yeah uh, and the fact that there was a disconnect even through this the end. Venom had the reverb effect for the masks, and masks still did not. After all this, they still yeah. didn't have that effect on them. The call up ticked me off a little bit. Matt didn't say that you know Alex was pre-selected. Uh, the bell tower, like you mentioned, it didn't seem practical. I tried to give it a little bit of a a, a small thought to it that you know maybe the they should have been all in their vehicles. They should have went out, but I guess, I guess they went into the to the vehicle that was closest to them and and then when they crashed it they got to the bell tower to use the masks, which scott was able to cleverly you know avert that that problem but still i'm like you they should the, you they established the vehicles there they should yeah. have been in them better dogfight, better thing but even then we didn't see shark at all
1: well yeah we didn't even know how gloria got there i mean she obviously got there
0: well in and essence how
1: quickly she got there i mean we've talked about that again where you know how fast the transport plane essentially travels from america to all points you know in the world where they're at
0: it's but, called warp factor 5
1: <laughs> yeah but you know we again there's sometimes we buy more into that than than other times but we didn't see how she got there and obviously she it was just her and Rhino, that would have came right. off the plane,
0: and that should have been you know if nothing else we should have seen it. she called up Shark the computer spit out Shark, and we got Rhino.
1: Yeah, I so mean, that she, the only thing she did the whole episode was divert that torch fireball. That's it. So, so
0: yeah, so much I'm for like her uh,
1: education in Athens.
0: Yeah, so much. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as, you know she could have even said you know this is the great lost treasure of Humababa, you know, something And, and nothing,
1: you know, and this is nothing against Gloria being the episode, but even Anna has commented before too, that they, I don't know. They always seem to, when they have Vanessa, they want to have Gloria, but they don't use them right when they're there. Right. They don't, they don't use them enough or they don't use them to their abilities. Right. And this is, the prime example,
0: right? And and I'll be honest, I'm going over with you, and I know we've done this before. It's been rare, but we've done this before. I think I'm gonna. I, I know I voted. I voted it as a four on the poll.
1: You can change it.
0: I, I'm changing it. It it came down <laughs> one. It's down to a three, which I didn't think Good. I'd ever see, but <laughs> I did it. I didn't don diddly dud it. Whatever. That,
1: <laughs> well, you're a lot more <laughs> conservative with your ratings and. I don't know. I try to judge based on, you know, episodes in the stretch that we're going through in the season, so to speak. I think I gave, I think I gave the last one a three and this was definitely worse than the last one. So that's why I was trying to gauge where to fall. Cause I was kind of between a three or two and yeah, again, i had way more stuff listed that was bad than good. So mm-hmm. I, I had to put it below that line. So, well, anyway. let's see
0: what, uh, well, before we go to the poll, did, did you guys see any similarities by chance?
1: No, I didn't. Um, you know, we've gone over this segment before. I really need to read through our <laughs> script again. Um, and maybe even do what Scott did. Maybe <laughs> we need to put it online so, uh, so people can read it as well. But, uh, I didn't catch anything that I had remembered we wrote in the script.
0: Uh the only thing I caught kind of loosely was the dog fight. We have the dog fight in the, kind of in the last scene with the three vehicles. So that's that's really all I I saw.
1: Okay. Uh, well over to the poll, I did refresh. Did you change your vote?
0: I didn't.
1: Okay. Because
0: every time I do this thing and I don't know why, <laughs> I think it's I think it's Firefox that does this.
1: Okay. Have to try well, something else. There's I'll I'll do the math here. There was 13 votes. We're giving uh four votes for a four. We're giving six votes for a three and three votes for a two. No fives, no ones. So the majority definitely is in the middle right. on this one, and you're gonna get uh just a little bit more towards the four side than the two side. So not yeah, by much. Right, but the I think the voters definitely were uh were on us. There wasn't definitely wasn't a perfect episode and it wasn't horrible, horrible. There were still some good things we pulled out of it as well. But uh we got three comments and uh we're starting off with Eric from This is Eric from Cartoonopolis.
0: Right. This episode just had way too much mysticism for my taste. I really did not understand how those crazy horns could drag people around or fly (laughs) off in different directions like iron being attracted to a magnet. Right. The Scott and T-Bob scenes, like always, served no purpose other than to try and bring about cheap laughs. The trying to find water with a stick scene was completely irrelevant to the rest of the episode. Also, why didn't Rax just swipe the gold bars that were on the altar with the horns? Yes. yes. And why did Mayhem even need the horns to figure out that the monks were doing with the gold they found? Right. It's pretty obvious the monks would be storing the gold in the monastery. I mean, where else would they keep it? Venom could have easily assaulted the monastery and taken all the gold before Mask even knew what was happening. Also. What were Rax, Dagger, and Vanessa hoping to do to help Mayhem out once they reach the top of the bell tower? Maybe shoot at Thunderhog with their masks? That would have been interesting to see. Plus, the very Scooby-Doo-type plunge they took onto Manta with the goofy sound effects seemed really odd. Just a very dumb episode overall. And Eric, you know, we're right with you there. There was a couple of things that were disconnected. In fact, like you said, you know, we've seen racks kind of try to do an upper hand moment with Miles and he could have in that moment when he's uh, playing along with the Monks Mm -hmm. he could have grabbed a couple gold bars stuck it in his back pocket going oh Miles will never notice this Yeah, Uh, you know kind of something like that
1: But yeah it was kind of common sense that they'd have more gold there and that's why I was like what's the what's the sense just you got the horns go searching for gold somewhere else Didn't make sense. Now back to his point about Scott and T-Bob and, you know, I was the, the scene actually with the, the water, uh, the bucket, you know, gets dumped on his head. That was probably the funniest thing of the whole episode. Yeah. I got so sick of those puns and there's sometimes where points like that, where they go off, they do their thing and they, you know, the, obviously the writers are trying to get a laugh. To me, that's a lot better than having them interfere so much with the actual plot in the episode. Sometimes it works where they're actually helping and they'll show up and no, we did see a windmill that was, you know, that took off into the sky. Right. That that I kind of didn't mind. But other times it just seems like they're getting in the way, way too much. And it, sometimes it's okay for them just to go off and do a little laugh or whatever. But when you're when the <laughs> when the episode is just rampant with bad puns, I don't know that kind of scene didn't bother me so much.
0: <laughs> it didn't. I guess it didn't bother me at all. Uh, I kind of thought it was a comical joke uh, likeness, just them being looking for water, despite you know you know you think they'd be looking for gold because Scott even jokes about uh, and, and times past has joked about wanting to get rich and all that. Yeah. yeah. But I can, I can kind of see maybe it was because that dear old dad dumped them off in the freaking desert that they're trying to find water to kind of get <laughs> I, rehydrated.
1: That would have made sense. Now you're onto something there. You know, they, they learn about these antlers and <laughs> they're out in the middle of the desert. Let's find some water. You know, right? That would have made more sense. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Next up was our buddy Anna. She says this is an okay episode. Had some good fight scenes with Alex Sector using Jackrabbit when facing Rax and later Switchblade. I also liked it when Thunderhawk falls down in order to avoid Switchblade and then opens its wings just before hitting the ground. Now she liked that. I don't know. That one didn't sit. I well liked it. it. I liked it. Okay. Uh the plot is okay. Even though I suppose one can say that nothing unexpected or out of the ordinary really happens. I still found the episode enjoyable enough to give it a four. So she, she didn't see all the flaws that uh, we <laughs> I did. alluded to. Right. And then our last little comment here was uh, the Yada tube who uh, he often, or she often comments uh, right on our YouTube channel when we're talking about the episode.
0: Right, and uh, they write, not to be or not to be, T-Bob. Nobody has anything robot style. <laughs> or, uh, yeah.
1: He's referring to some of his lines in the, in, the, in the actual episode.
0: Right, but where did the horns go at minute ten and uh, eight seconds?
1: That's probably where you were talking about with the skid.
0: Right. Alex, Easy Fellows, I donated to the Wildlife Association.
1: Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs>
0: so basically you just pulling out the, the some of the lines. The lines either yeah. either they thought they were lame or they thought they was the, the they were funny or comical to, to them. But, yeah. Uh,
1: that T Bob line was uh about robot styles when he brought back uh the drinks and he says it's uh it's tea time, American style, I think. And T Bob's like, Nobody has anything robot style. <laughs>
3: That's right. I don't
1: know. That was his. That was his complaining self. That was definitely T. Bob more than wanting to go and check things out, (laughs) though you pointed out. Yeah. So, well, that uh, that'll about do it then, right? For our uh, our review of Artemis Enigma, the next episode we'll be covering number forty three is the Chinese Scorpion, where Venom Agent Bruno Shepard disguises Stinger as a giant iron scorpion, kidnaps an archaeologist who knows the location of buried treasure inside the Great Wall of China. So I'm looking forward to that one. We'll get to see Bruno for the first time and his vehicle. Right. And I'm not sure exactly when we'll get to that. We really uh, haven't set out our plan for uh, the end of the month or for March, but hopefully it won't be uh, another month before we... Right, you get another one off the ground. I really want to get back in the groove, like you said
0: right yeah. and i'm I'm hoping we can do that too, uh even with uh number two on the way uh, yeah. but uh stay tuned like like Jason said earlier, that stay tuned to Facebook, particularly we we invite you to sign up for the newsletter, go to our website agents dot com and sign up that way because we give all our people uh, a heads up of any type of prizes, prize packs that, that come about. The other one I want to kind of point out, plugging us again, is in case you missed it, and this didn't actually get aired during the, the glitch we had a few minutes ago, we ask that you vote or rate us in iTunes, in Stitcher, in Mixcloud, yeah. all that, and mainly because it, it, it tells us that you're actually listening. Right. Uh, stitcher and mixcloud basically tell us we have listeners itunes kind of fails at that so it, and we're just it's not like we're keeping track or you know boasting that we're getting you know 1000 listens a day or something like that the idea that we know we just want to know how many people are listening so yeah. that we can you know we see if we have a solid 50 or a solid 100 or whomever yeah. listening to us and it doesn't matter if you rate us poor or great it's more of a, hey, you're listening. And that's what we're really trying to go for.
1: Yeah, the way iTunes works, at least the way I understand it, is once you get so many star ratings, then you'll get an average, per se, for your show. And the more you're rated, the higher your podcast is ranked in their like search rankings. So it'll help you know more people that might be interested in the show that don't know we exist – to see something, you know, on their when they're searching for podcasts or on their uh, their iTunes homepage or whatever. Um, so that's why it's important, and I think Stitcher kind of works the same way, where you you give a star rating and you can leave a comment and such. But we have a couple on iTunes right now that I greatly appreciate. But yeah, if you can, uh, just take a minute. And head over there, either to iTunes or Stitcher. If you don't use those apps, just give us a shout-out on Facebook or something, uh, Twitter, and, you know, tag our page or tag uh, our handle to let people know that you listen and what we're all about and such. We'll definitely retweet you or, you know, comment and and tell you we uh, appreciate you doing that. But, yeah, the iTunes and the Stitcher are big, and that helps – Helps us get exposed a little more to the search capabilities. So please do that.
0: Right, and keep you know keep sharing us with people. Uh, Maybe you've come across uh, some '80s fans or other mask fans of the day. We just ask that you would really just advertise and, and word of mouth, and then just share what we're doing over. At least with agents of mask, and, and you know, a, a small plug for Jason with Rediscover the Eighties. We basically coincide with both entities, really. So it, it, it's, uh, but it's it, both are great resources. Jason's Rediscover the Eighties is awesome. Um, there's a lot of knowledge back there, thanks to Jason just basically dumping his brain out on <laughs> on the blog. Um, I contribute, I contribute from time to time, and every now and then he pulls those oddball articles for me to write. Uh, which I love, I enjoy, uh, especially stuff that I I'm more, um, it's more at my heart. Like, uh, well, Arrow for thirty, the A team at thirty-five, and and so on. Those yeah. articles were fun, and then yeah, me were. being the car nut, uh, I was trying to do a, a series of rediscover the '80s vehicles. But yeah, shameless plug there for for really all of us, all both entities, really to. <laughs> just say we're here we're here we're trying to to kind of keep our our nostalgia our era alive as best we can
1: yeah so. and then as you know hasbro continues with this multi-property universe hopefully they will continue
0: mm-hmm.
1: um as they just typed it to their investors so i don't think they can really turn back now but you know the this is going to be an exciting year i think and hopefully before it ends you know i don't necessarily think we'll get an announcement about toys or anything like that, I do hope we see maybe some new concept art released, maybe more of a plan, like, you know, we're going to do G.I. Joe 3, then we're going to do Micronauts, and we're going to do mask, and we're going to do, you know, essentially the way that Marvel does with all the superhero movies for them, and they lay them all out years ahead of time. So it would be fun to say we're getting a mask movie on May 7th, 2018, whatever. Right. Something like that. That would be really exciting to get a, a date out there, I think. And something to really build up and look forward to and really start. We can speculate about actors and directors and, you know, the whole nine. I'm really hoping that will happen this year. So, we'll keep our fingers crossed and you know, as mask keeps coming back into the news and into our realm, we'll be sharing and uh, hopefully you'll be sharing since you're listening to this now and uh, just pass the word about uh, us along as well. And keep your fingers crossed that maybe uh, (laughs) we can uh, talk Hasbro into giving us some exclusives (laughs) when, uh, when stuff is released because I want to definitely be in the loop and, Between, you know, Bill and and Eric over at MattTracker.com, BoulderHill.net, mainly Bill, since he's been around for the longest. But I really hope the three of us can be those sites that really push the information out to the fans. And, you know, obviously there's sites that get way, way more hits than we do each day that are probably more impactful. But they're not going to give you the details and all of the history, you know, behind the franchise that we've, you know, we're up to 42 episodes now that we've reviewed one by one. We're going to review them all, you know. We're on that track. And
0: and that just shows you the, the heart that we have for this. Yeah. Right. We, we have quite a bit of passion. It's obvious. I mean, like like we said earlier, uh, we started out with the script It kind of materialized as a blog that turned into a podcast that's become into a detailed podcast, more so than I think we we originally thought it would be. And here we are four or five years later, and at least with the podcast, something's going on. We've been able, as a community, not just Agents of Mask by any means, but as a community of Mask fans, we've been able to shake at least I would like to say that we were the, the, the small 2% that somehow shook into Hasbro to shake life back into mask, whatever it is, whether it's a, whether it is an Avengers likes st- situation universe, or we finally get that solo movie or who knows, a spinoff that just turns into a direct to DVD, mm-hmm. something is being shaken. And, and uh, it was, it's, it's all of us, not just us at the forefront. I'll call it with, facebook or blogs or websites but you fans i mean if we didn't have the fans behind it i i honestly don't know that hasbro would try so yeah. it, it's and really really testament to you guys really
1: right and we we've tooted our horn <laughs> a little yeah. bit here but right you know bill he's pretty much had uh posted interviews with every single voice actor, everybody involved with the creative from the beginning. Uh, he's even interviewed uh, Shuka Levy, who did the music, I believe. So, and, you know, he kept the, the community going for years with his message board, which is now over on Facebook. And Eric is uh, Mr. Encyclopedia over there with the merchandise and logging basically everything from his personal collection on Boulder Hill. So, you know, having said that and getting into this, you know, hopeful time of uh, Mask making a a proper comeback or some kind of comeback to the big screen, the small screen, the toy shelves, what we all want, that was just kind of my plea (laughs) for all of us who are in the community to Keep pushing forward and keep sharing. Keep your eyes open. When you get information, share it, and we'll uh, we'll keep moving forward and get people hyped as Hasbro gets set to uh, hopefully give us something that will be enough of what we know, right? <laughs> to to make us the hardcore fans happy, and also enough for the regular man who has maybe never heard of Mask to like the concept and want to go see this movie. So, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I think we've plugged. Let's it. take this home.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like Jason said, this is this has been awesome. Uh, we're sorry we rambled, uh, but we're, you know, I guess the passion's still there. It's obvious. Yeah. Um, so, uh, with that said uh it is valentine's day so happy valentine's to all those out there before actually it's now past uh, midnight <laughs> at least on my side of the world uh time zone but uh yeah it's been awesome it's always a great time it's always a blast like i've said in the past uh, hey i'm a poet don't know it um yes yeah, too late so uh before i get worse and become like a bad t-bob joke he's jason i'm wyatt And thank you for watching and listening to MassCast.
2: MassCast.
4: I remember those words do ring a bell.